Hello and welcome to the Group Sipper podcast. I'm Alice. And I'm Lucy. And together we want to invite guests to come and share their grief with us. Our aim is to cover a whole range of grief from a whole range of people. We're sorry for your loss, but we are glad that you have found us. Thank you for listening to the Group Sofa podcast. In today's episode, we speak to Tamsin, who hosts the podcast Not So Linear. Tamsin talks about her mum, who she lost when she was a teenager. She tells us about the difficult relationship they had at the time of her death and the steps that she has taken to explore her unresolved and complicated grief. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's really nice to see you guys because we obviously talk so much through Instagram. Um, it's a funny little community we have, isn't it? It's We've joined that club that we never really wanted to be a part of, but it's so nice that we can find comfort in each other. So thank you so much for helping me and welcoming me into your podcast. Um, so a bit about me. My name is Tamsin. I am 29. I currently live in Sydney and have been here for the last two years. I grew up in the UK, though, as you can tell from my accent, I'm not Aussie. And (laughs) I I also won't try and do the accent. Um, (laughs) Um, So I lived in the Wirral and then I also moved down south to Henley on Thames and I've also lived in Manchester so I've been all over the show really and that's really to do with the way that um, I grew up with my mum and the reason that brings me to the grief sofa is I lost my mum when I was 18 but I kind of explain I have two griefs about her because I lost my mum unfortunately to a mental health condition so while she was actually still alive our relationship did deteriorate And that was because she had delusional disorder. And for the first couple of years of her going through that, we didn't really know. And it was one of those things, wasn't it? Like 10 years ago, who who talked about that kind of severe mental health condition? We talk about anxiety now, but definitely wouldn't talk about that kind of thing. Mm. So, um, yeah, so I I have grief in that sense of I lost my mum figure while she was still alive. And then, unfortunately, a few years later, when I was 18, she passed away of pneumonia. So it's actually very similar to coronavirus, where it basically takes over your lungs. She was on um, a ventilator in ICU. And then I had to basically go and see her there unconscious. And I hadn't seen her for about two and a half years. So quite a traumatic mm. experience having to go to a hospital to see a mum that you'd not seen. It Literally, I, I kind of call it like an EastEnders moment. Yeah, <laughs> um, gosh. That's a, yeah. yeah, that must be really difficult. And what, sorry for my naivety, but do you mind explaining what delusional disorder is? Yeah, so, I mean, you know what? I don't, I never met her when she had delusional disorder. She'd obviously gradually um, got it over time, but it's basically where you have a kind of psychosis. You don't fully know who you are and you can also have hallucinations. So if you take medication, it's like, much easier to manage and you won't really get those kind of side effects anymore but at the time that she was ill she wasn't on medication she was living alone and she'd basically secluded herself um this was from me being probably about 14 to 18 um she'd taken herself away to like henley on thames to live there um and it was basically like she had just become so insular and forgot who she was and it's, it's so sad when you think about that. Like, I feel, you know, at times I felt really guilty that we weren't there to help her. But as an outsider, I thought that she um, neglected us and that she didn't want to be around us. And that's the stigma that we have around mental health now, isn't it? We don't 
um, know so much about it. So we, we almost blame the person when actually it wasn't their fault at all. I mean, the other thing as well, you know, if this started when you were 14, that's incredibly mm. young, you know, of course yeah. you're not going to sort of know what you're dealing with. And at that age, you know, you're, you're extremely reliant and dependent on your mum. Um, you mentioned that you had siblings. Are they older than you, younger than you? Or whereabouts do you yeah. sit in the sibling line? <laughs> yeah, so I have quite a few siblings. I have three brothers and a sister, but two of the brothers are from um, my dad's newer partner. So my mum yeah. and dad got divorced when I was three. So um, I kind of grew up without having my parents together anyway. So I've got an older brother who is 35. Then there's me who's 29. And then I've got a sister who's 26. And then my two younger half brothers are 18 and 19. So it's really interesting as well. And I can go into this in more detail later, but um, because they were so young when all this happened with my mum, and obviously we have a, a different mum to them too, we never really talked to our brothers about it. So it was wow. like we had this massive thing happen in our life, but it was like, it was never really discussed because they were about seven and eight when it happened and it just kind of Gosh. got swept under the carpet. Yeah. That is crazy to think about, isn't it? I mean, it's the sort of thing, yeah, yeah when, when kids are so young and that's another sort of movement now, you know, we're talking more about mental health and I think it's becoming a bigger thing now that we're trying to include children in the conversation of grief. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing, like, back in the day because no one even knew what that kind of severe mental health condition was like and because I handled it for my mum mom for like a few years at that time it always had felt like she kind of sounds weird but I'd almost probably grieve for her anyway when she actually died it didn't really make much difference to my life at that time because I wasn't seeing mm. her so it wasn't like I suddenly was like completely distraught straight away because I just went back to my normal life of my mum not being there so I don't think my brothers would have really noticed much change because they never really met my mum much either um so it was kind of a hard thing to bring up yeah and it's and it's strange when you lose somebody like that because you don't know how you you kind of it, it feels hard to actually have ownership over that grief you almost feel bad for grieving for something that you haven't had or you know if yeah. you have got that breakdown of a relationship or it's complicated where you know you haven't spoken in a long time I mean either way she was you know she's your mum so yeah I know that you've kind of spoken a little bit about how you carried on then but did it then start impacting you later on down the line you know how have you found it as you've gotten older and kind of gotten further away yeah. from the actual event yeah so I mean when my mum passed away, I would say like those first initial years, I mean, I was literally just about to go to university. So it was like nothing had happened. I think I literally got a brand new boyfriend after about two weeks of my mum dying. <laughs> just one of those things when, you, when you're a teenager and you're just like, I don't know, just a bit selfish sometimes, aren't you? I didn't give myself mm. any time to process what happened. Mm. Um, so I just spent those next few years just having fun. But what I actually look back on now is in my first year of university, which I started three months after her dying, I failed like most of my exams. And that just isn't like me at all. Mm. Um, I was like, you know, did really well in my GCSEs and A-levels. And then suddenly I failed two out of the three like key exams. And I had to resit them in my summer holidays. So I look back now and think, 
like that was so out of character for me and surely like I must have just been in this zone where I just wasn't really in the mood to like go to lectures and put the effort in because yeah I think maybe subconsciously my body and my mind was just like not really ready to go into that kind of education yeah um, like that's but, crazy to think that after three months you went to uni and like <laughs> gosh you must have just been in this little bubble yeah I know I think I really was and it was actually really hard as well like going to freshers week when people would ask you you know about your life and where you lived I always just didn't want to talk about my mum and I think that I spent the first like few years talking about my dad so much that people would just get the hint that my mum wasn't alive so I purposely didn't want to tell them my mum had died it was like I will only talk about my dad or every single person in my family apart from her so it was Mm -hmm. almost like I pushed the conversation away and people probably didn't want to approach it yeah yeah gosh that's that's crazy to think that you just sort of like completely 360'd (laughs) it and like just completely avoided it I mean it must have caught up at some stage oh it definitely did yeah so I think those first couple of years it was you know just party at uni have different boyfriends and just have fun go on Mm. holidays I still would get sad and I would get upset but I bottled it up and I didn't really talk to anyone about it um but then as time went by I would say I was probably in my mid-20s I think I was just going through a bit of like a quarter life crisis I don't know if you guys have ever experienced one of these before but (laughs) (laughs) um it it was in that time where I felt really lonely like I was um really struggling with becoming single and like finding out who I really was and I realized again in hindsight that I'd spent so much time in relationships because I needed the comfort and the security blanket of having someone there for me and then suddenly being on my own and having to like navigate life without having affection and having that like safety net um I really started to like get a bit depressed um and it it's actually a common thing so there's a lady called Dr Chloe I don't know if you guys have come across her on Instagram she says that you know when you're grieving you need extra love and you need like extra um attention so I think it was almost like I became single and then was going on all these dating apps trying to find someone to love me but actually that was the worst thing I could have done I really needed to look after myself and like find how to make myself happy Mm. so Mm. I I would say for like probably being maybe 25 26 I was not in a very good place I was living in Manchester at the time and literally all I did (laughs) when I think back to it all I did was swipe on tinder (laughs) or like go for drinks with my friends um like go shopping like literally just wasn't doing anything that was like productive or worthwhile yeah um and I don't know if you guys honesty (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't know if you guys have done that before but like dating apps is actually I think they're one of the worst things your mental health if you're trying to you know if you're in a low place and you're trying to find happiness through someone else um it's a really bad place to be so I just felt so low and I wanted to do something to like spark a bit of life back in me and I had been to Australia like the year before for Christmas. I went for a few weeks traveling by myself and I absolutely loved it. 
So it was actually my brother and sister that said, oh, why don't you go and do a working holiday visa in Australia? <laughs> I think they were like trying to shove me out. <laughs> like, I think they, they realised I was like... You've gone through happy. Tinder here, go over to Australia <laughs> yeah. and see if you can yeah. find, a, find a partner over there. You've, you've done the resource in Manchester. <laughs> yeah, completed it. <laughs> um, but I think and my sister actually said to me um, a few months ago, actually, when I when we were talking a lot more about my mum, since doing my podcast she said when you were in this point of depression I actually didn't want to be around you because it was so sad for me to see you like that that I just didn't want to actually hang out with you at the weekend because I thought that you'd make me feel sad too and it was actually really sad to hear that because I didn't know she felt that way um, but I'm glad that she could be honest with me now and that's helped bring us closer together because it's so nice when you can be open with people isn't it and yeah really get someone's true feelings absolutely so, especially with siblings I think like sometimes it's really really difficult to be that honest with a sibling because you're meant to you know in theory stick by them regardless of what's going on but it is really hard if you're also having a hard time and presumably your sister was going through a a lot of the same grief that you've been going through yeah you know for her to then have to support you and having all the back you know having been around your mum who had obviously experienced so many mental health issues as well yeah it just brings it all to the surface so how have you found how have you found Australia you know obviously there's been there's been a pandemic for a year of the time that you've been there um but how have you found that kind of being away like how have you you know how's it helped you on this on this process of kind of healing and um I would say it's been the reason that has helped me to heal and take the time to really know myself because in that time in Manchester where I felt really low and depressed a lot of it was because I was dwelling so far into like my grief story and I think I just felt lost in it I, I didn't know how to process it I didn't know what to do with it um that I almost I don't know so because it was so complicated everything that happened with my mum I almost was consumed by it so when I was not doing anything in the evenings and not like going to the gym or doing things productive every night it was almost like consuming anxious thoughts so it got to the point where moving to Australia actually helped me because I had something exciting to look forward to I had filled my time with lots of new adventure and there's a really great quote and I can't remember who it's by but it's um the best form of recovery is through discovery and I really apply that to my new trip here yeah it's so nice isn't it because yeah realize that when you like throw yourself into something new and exciting you can almost find yourself again and almost recreate who you want to be and this is what I've decided to do I wanted to recreate my own grief story and I wanted to like rewrite how I dealt with it because I'd spent so long um pushing it under the surface getting so upset and like lost in it that I decided Mm -hmm. okay I want to really face it head on now Mm. yeah and this must have been up what like five six years after your mum died then oh yeah so yeah my mum died when I was 18 I probably started like acknowledging her death when I was like mid-20s and then yeah moved to Australia at 27 so like eight nine years later you know and that's why my podcast is called not so linear because like the journey is is literally not linear like people's grief can come in completely different ways can't it 
absolutely and you know like you've spoken about how for those first couple of years it's almost like yeah you, like you said you've like bottled it up like you've pushed it down and you know saying about being in relationships and swiping on tinder and all that stuff like you really <laughs> did sort of neglect like yourself and, and your own grief and yeah that sounds like you've just been on such a massive journey with it yeah and the thing that's really helped me is um when I moved here being an expat means you have to go and meet loads of new people so you're always on Facebook groups and Instagram groups trying to meet up with like English people Irish people like people you can relate to so that was like my first six to 12 months like making friends so that's what then gave me the drive to think okay I'm now going to go and reach out to meet people who have also lost their mum and similar yeah. to like let's talk about loss I thought well I'm going to try and find a group and I couldn't find anything so I just made up my own little Facebook group and then um, ever since then I met these girls who had been through something similar to me and that like kick-started really me being able to talk a lot more openly mm. about it. Mm. Gosh that's crazy. I think it's um, really interesting the way that you talk about, you know, I think with the swiping on Tinder and being out every night, it's a it's a massive distraction tool. Like it's something that we all do when we're feeling low or we don't want to face something. So like you're running away from the grief and so you're just filling your time. And the fact that you went, I mean, to another country and restarted, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the extreme side of it. But, um, but I think it's really, I think it's a really good point that actually when you take away all of those distractions and you're just like essentially laid bare and you've just got to, you have to sit in your own thoughts. You have to be, you know, present. You have to start processing things. I think that's one of the reasons why this year has been such a heavy time for people because they're processing mm. a lot of stuff that before I mean I was the biggest busybody before dad died uh, before this pandemic and I've never been the type of person who could just sit still and have a weekend at home or have no no plans any night of the week whereas now I'm like one plan a week that's all I can handle <laughs> yeah. I think it's just really I, I just think it's really admirable like that you've been able to find that you know, removing all the distraction and going somewhere to just make a fresh start has been the thing that have kind of, kind of you know, helped you build those, that new understanding yeah. of your grief. Can you tell us a bit about your podcast? I know you mentioned it just then, but um, how's it yeah. going? Yeah, it's going so well. And you know what, I don't know if you guys find this, but for me, it's like such a way to express my emotions. And there's so like many people when that you find through podcasting or Instagram that have been through something similar to us and being able to like open up and just be so candid with people is literally like the best form of therapy and it's free but well, yes. you, you know the subscriptions cost <laughs> <laughs> it's not like going to a counselor which costs like I don't know 50 pound an hour or something like, <laughs> there's something quite yeah there's something quite healing in talking to people your age that have gone through Absolutely. something similar I found it really therapeutic in fact like nearly every week me and Alice do like a bit of a debrief after and just say how are you doing like how are you feeling after that I'm like yeah do you feel much better than I did before and even on yeah. like we had a re I had a really like heavy grief day 
um, a couple of weeks ago and then I was like tempted to cancel recording that day because I was just feeling like I don't know if I can actually do this but just sitting on there talking about dad actually sitting with people that and like talking with people about their losses was so therapeutic for me I think that's one of the reasons why let's talk about loss works so well because yeah. it's just about like feeling valid in those feelings and feeling accepted and sharing you know that that shared experience that you've cut out all of the crap around friendships you just head straight for the heavy yeah. stuff <laughs> yeah and one of the things that I've loved from it is I um, found this group motherless daughters and you might have seen on my Instagram I went to their event last weekend yeah um so today is actually Mother's Day in Australia but the good news is I actually feel fine <laughs> it's pretty was, impressive do you know what I just remembered <laughs> that about 10 minutes ago I was like oh no I haven't even mentioned that but yeah I'm glad you brought it up it's crazy I to think, think there's so many different Mother's Days across the world. Like, it must be really hard, like, having... Because, obviously, we've just had the UK <laughs> one, and now it's Australia. Like, is there any other hidden ones? I know. I, I don't know. But hopefully not. Um, but I think the reason why it's been much easier... Well, there's actually two reasons. Last weekend, I went to this event, and it was so nice to be sat on a table with other people who'd lost their mum at a similar age to me. And it was so emotional, and it was quite draining, to be honest. I came home and felt like I'd been hit by a bus. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... I think that's really good because what that shows is I still had a lot more that I needed to get off my chest. So being yeah. able to do that in a room full of like 70 other women that had had the same thing happen to me was like such a overwhelming, but amazing experience. Yeah, definitely. And would you say that sort of like connecting with other young people and, you know, sort of like unraveling your grief that way, has that been the best thing that's helped you or? Yeah, definitely. Because I have done therapy in the past, but, and that was really great because it helped me understand the way that I think and the way that I process yeah. my emotions. And I always feel like my own mental health is like a work in progress. Like there's always times where you need to work on certain areas but meeting friends like this and even just talking to you guys now it just makes you feel less alone doesn't it like there was times when I felt so isolated and alienated but I don't anymore mm. Mm. yeah definitely that's so true and um, so when you speak about the fact that you've had therapy was that when you were in England was that in Australia do you feel comfortable sharing your experience uh, yeah so most of it was actually back in England I didn't really do much here because I think I'd started to try and find you know peers here instead but back in England I did therapy I definitely think it's a good thing because um, whilst your friends can support you and help you to feel less alone a therapist is there to actually unpack your emotions mm. you know really get to the bottom of why you feel that way and what you can do to try and help yourself um, you know, they're clinically trained and whilst our friends are there to listen to us, we also don't want to overburden them. Like it's really good to go to someone who is unbiased and has a very deep background in um, these kind of areas. Yeah. But do you know what the best therapy I've ever had was free? And it was one of my episodes with Dr. Chloe. I don't know if you guys have listened to it. Yeah, that was such a good episode. I learned she a lot was, from that actually. She was just so helpful to me. And I think that was actually a turning point in my own like grief journey because mm. I, as I say in it, I've struggled so much with um, the guilt and the upset of thinking about my mum being alone by herself and thinking about her not having any help from us and all these different things, like even from what it was like seeing her in the ICU. But Chloe was like, 
no you just have to be compassionate with yourself you did the best yeah. that you could and also you need to forgive the person that she was the mental health condition happened to her and um, she didn't choose it and it sounds funny because that is so obvious but when she said it to me I was like oh yeah like actually I need to give some more compassion to my mom <laughs> it's so true it's it and it, I'm sort of laughing at you being like oh yeah like it and it's so <laughs> it feels so obvious doesn't it but actually sometimes you need like a professional to sit you down yes. and tell you this is what has happened none of it is your fault you're allowed to feel this way give yourself a break and it's just sort of like this light bulb moment um I don't yeah. know if you follow Julia Samuel I'm like her biggest fan ever yes <laughs> I, I feel like she'd just be able to say one line to me and she just magically fix all my grief like she just comes up with these amazing I don't know she just sort of like understands people and understands their grief and I think that's the thing that all of us grievers are looking for we're looking to be heard we're looking to be understood and we're looking mm-hmm. just for like a little pat on the back and like a send on our way <laughs> yeah yeah exactly because isn't it so difficult being a motherless daughter like it really is not not having a mum to like yeah. guide us through our life I find that really hard yeah it is really hard and I think especially for you you know where she'd been absent for your life for a couple of years yeah. and you sort of spoke about how there wasn't much change like that is just so complicated you know it's so complex and brings in so many complicated emotions I know yeah. in your podcast you've spoken about sort of like anxiety and stuff like that before is that something you'd be happy to talk about with us yeah definitely so anxiety does play quite a big part of my life don't know about you guys but I think when you've lost um, yeah. someone really close to you <laughs> lately you feel <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think it's a very millennial thing these days um but especially because we've lost a parent um someone really close to us we were young when it happened we just well I personally feel like life is fragile and what about all the other bad things that can happen and I they just play on my mind so I really try and stay in the moment now but there is a lot of things happening in the world right now which are just so uncertain so not only are we grieving for our parents but the whole world is grieving for a completely different life that's changed and everything's so out of our control. So yeah, anxiety is a massive thing that I feel like I have to work on so much, especially um, if I go and drink a lot the next day, it's not so fun. So I do try and limit how much alcohol I have now because I just know it's not good for me, but I do get a bit tempted sometimes, you know, people give you glasses of Prosecco. You're not always going to say no. (laughs) Um, yeah that's really interesting actually I'm currently on a alcohol free break and like obviously my grief hasn't been cured but I always just sit and think to myself this would be so much worse if I was still drinking oh yeah 100% it just your head goes into really like dark deep space doesn't it you can overthink everything and it's just not a good place to be in when you've got grief to deal with at the same time yeah definitely how what sort of things do you do to manage your anxiety then like do you go to the gym do you journal do you just live in a world of worry like me (laughs) (laughs) Um, there can be days where they're a world of worry yeah but I think um I, I just throw myself into like doing loads of stuff like always trying out new things so I really like going to the gym but I don't just do that I might try like different classes 
being here in Sydney, I 100% think that that has been great for my mental health because we have something like 100 beaches here. I go for so many nice coastal walks. It's just so relaxing, like being able to be in the warm sunshine. That really makes a big difference to me. Mm. Um, But yeah, I mean, I wish I did more journaling. I think that would be a good thing. But I'm just one of those people where I just, I do do it for like a week. And then I'm like, oh, that was so good. And then like the next week, I've totally forgotten to do it. Oh, gosh, yeah, that literally sounds so familiar to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you're saying, like last week that, um like journaling comes in all forms I think like you're kind of journaling by doing your podcast and I, I very much true but if I have a dream like a, and my dad features in it the first thing I do is message Alice and tell her about the dream and that's kind of my way of journaling because I'm no I'm no good at having routine like a journaling thing I'm not good at sitting down and doing my gratitude list and you know writing <laughs> down those feelings but having a conversation with somebody is like getting it out in the same vein so yeah you're so right actually I never really thought of it like that exactly podcasting is my way to um convey like my emotions and learn from other people as well so I guess we're all doing journaling in a different way but I think um what else do I do for anxiety I think you know I, I definitely try and limit alcohol especially when I was um feeling anxious about the borders being closed so we always see like headlines in the newspapers here saying things like they won't be open till 2022 blah 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 and to me that's like really worrying because I just think what if something happens to my family whilst I'm here and I can't go or um oh I really don't want to I'm turning 30 next March I don't want to miss like being with my family for that and this the fact that you have no official like date of when things are going to go back to normal just like you guys too like you have you kind of have a date but you don't know because things can change so fast can't they Um, and I think that's accelerated for you obviously being on the other side of the world you know oh yeah (laughs) definitely because you're because you're away from home like when when did you last come back home well, I haven't come back since I moved. That's the worst. That's the oh yeah, of course. Bit. Oh, I've got that's <laughs> yeah. being really silly then. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's the thing people don't realize because if yeah. my dad came to visit just before coronavirus hit, so he was here February 2020, which wow. is amazing. Like he got to yeah. see my life here. He loved it. He said, "Don't come home. It's the best place ever." <laughs> My dad was also um, in Sydney in February 2020. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it was That's really good. So that was his last. That was his last trip. Was Sydney and New Zealand? And I, you know, I think the living with uncertainty thing is definitely something that's really really difficult to navigate and I think that's been the hardest part of this pandemic is that you just don't know what could happen. But also, I think like none of us ever knew that a pandemic like this. Well, <laughs> maybe I was living under a rock, but I had no idea <laughs> that something could come in and change the way that we lived completely. You know, the idea yeah. that we could be like trapped in our houses or trapped in a certain area or not being able to see certain people is like, yeah. we've kind of adapted to it now, but it's kind of mad to think that the beginning of last year, we'd never ever ever experienced anything like that no. I mean it definitely that- wasn't on definitely wasn't on my five-year plan <laughs> <laughs> don't you think though when we all got like sent home to work from home whenever it was like March 2020 I actually thought it was going to be like a two-week holiday at home <laughs> yeah yeah same I had I'd set my out of office and um 
and I was put on furlough and they told me that I'd be off until June and I was like oh god okay that's like six weeks Mm, am I gonna be okay for six weeks off work like is it gonna be really stressful and then I had (laughs) I'm going back to work in September after furlough and I'd been off for five months and I was just like crap there's a whole inbox there's a part of my inbox that just says to be picked up in June like none of that is relevant anymore everything has changed it's so weird and that's the thing don't do you feel that um almost less alone in our grief now because more people are understanding what grief is even though they're grieving the loss of like so it's not apparent but they're grieving their old life yeah absolutely something that I've been doing at work is I've actually set a grief network up at work and Mm. um it's it's going really well because we're talking a lot about that ambiguous loss you know losing you know whether it's your parents got divorced and you've lost that kind of family unit feeling or whether it's you've lost a job or whether it's you've lost that freedom that you had before the pandemic or you've lost friendships yeah. through this time you know it's it's a process of grieving just as just as much really you know it's like you you have to go through those stages and being able to recognize that grief isn't just about death it's about lots of different types of loss is really kind of powerful and when you then when you then do find that you're bereaved you're much more equipped and much more understanding about the situation and you know employers will be more understanding hopefully after this period of time and it is you know things are changing things are definitely changing and then the grief community on Instagram like there's so many of us shouting about it that at some point people have to listen you know (laughs) you can't avoid it forever Mm. So right. And it's funny, though, because when I had lost my mum when I was 18, this kind of thing wouldn't have existed, would it? Like, I don't really think there was podcasts around. I wouldn't really have gone on Instagram to find something like this. It was only Mm. when I started to look. And I do get a lot of people now who are grieving that, like, might come up to me at my office or on my personal Instagram account asking where they can find content. And I don't think you can find it easily at all unless you actually go and look for it. It's something that comes up in our episodes quite a lot, actually. And what we tend to find happens is that somebody finds one account and then once you find one, you find like 10,000. <laughs> yes. So, it's like, so basically I mean? you find, let's, you find, let's talk about loss first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's really common. And then it went from there. Was let's, uh, let's talk about loss was the first one you found, wasn't it? And then cat, is, is that right? Yes, those two, and they're just so helpful. I love both of them so much. Definitely, I totally agree. When it comes to grief, like people put a lot of pressure on themselves because they think that, you know, say for example, us three are really speaking about it now. I don't want people to think that because we're those people that do podcasts and run Instagram pages that everybody has to be like that. It is more than okay in the first couple of years to just process it in the way that you want to um it's something that's so personal and that you need to really take the time to work through yourself but also don't be afraid though to like ask people for help like say if you're at work and you know that like you're really going to struggle don't force yourself I this is why I personally think Henry don't force yourself to go and do something that's really going to be damaging to your own 
mental health or your well-being like you have to take control and kind of set your own boundaries and I think that's one thing that maybe I did wrong in the past I didn't really um, approach my employer to say that this had happened and that I wanted them to like support me and even though it'd been a few years before that like I didn't tell anyone at uni either it still would have done me a world of good to let them know that times around Mother's Day or times around Christmas could be really triggering for me and that when I was coming to work and feeling fatigued and low on energy that it wasn't because I wasn't interested or it wasn't because um, I you know didn't want to succeed it was because I was really struggling and mentally exhausted so I think it's so important though that in return the employers and people around us also still try and reach out to us too I think there's just so much in society that needs to be done yeah absolutely absolutely and I think that that thing around work is is really important I know it's something that is talked about sometimes but I don't think enough is that that it's really really difficult and I think you know your podcast being called you know um not so linear is exactly what it's about like that's what people need to understand is that like and it's one of the things that I'm working really hard to change at my place of work because we you know compassionate leave is five days I think which is like the thing that plenty (laughs) yeah five days but only but but only if you've got an accepting manager they can that they can change that they can do two days if they want to and it's it's really difficult because then you've got anniversaries and you've got birthdays and you've got mother's day or father's day or you know there's so many things that can come up that changes the way that you can perform and it's having it's really difficult because if like you say if you're not like us and you're not like ready to have those conversations for some people it's too hard to even say like this person died like that is such a big thing to be able to even say that in the first place you know it really is without crying as well (laughs) yeah especially to somebody that maybe you don't have a great relationship with or if your manager's never experienced that kind of loss or you know it's really hard to have those conversations so one thing actually I do I am really like passionate about is um and this is probably for like people who are listening that maybe are supporting those grieving when someone opens up to you and tells you that someone has died don't do a shocked face and look so awkward and look like you actually need us to comfort you. Like that is really annoying. I don't know if that's ever happened to you guys before. I was saying this, I was saying this the other day because I actually had a conversation with somebody from work who was like quite high up in, in I work at cancer research. And oh, so you'd think that we'd be really great at talking about cancer, but we're not all great at talking about cancer. I spoke to somebody who was quite high up in our, in our company. And I said, oh my dad died last year from esophageal cancer and she didn't say anything but her face you know like when you bite into a lemon and you pull that (laughs) you'd be like oh gosh like that is sour I'm uncomfortable with what you've just said literally looked at me like that and I went don't worry I'm fine (laughs) like because it was like you didn't even need to say anything your face just said a thousand words like I can see how uncomfortable you are (laughs) But this is what I just don't get. It's like for them, it's uncomfortable for 10 seconds. For us, it's uncomfortable for life. So why are they scrunching their face up and we're apologizing to them? 
we should be the ones walking around like we've just bitten into a lemon for the rest of our lives <laughs> yeah I know but it that used to really make me worried to tell people because I'd be worried of how they would react to me so then I just didn't want to tell them that my mum had died now I just do yeah. it and I just do whatever I just I say it so confidently that they don't have time to even scrunch their face up <laughs> yeah and I think also after a certain grace like after a certain period people think that it goes away so like you saying to somebody that you lost your mum 11 years ago yeah 10 years ago they might go like oh I'm really sorry to hear that me saying that I'd lost them 12 months ago oh my god are you okay how are you coping how's your family like they instantly yeah. change their tone or if you've lost somebody suddenly or in an in a kind of unexplained way people always feel like they're they have the right to ask you about like oh so how how did they die like if I'm happy to tell you then I'll tell you <laughs> but the fact that yeah. I haven't told you straight away probably insinuates I'm not going to tell you like the whole story yeah I think it's just it is strange isn't it how humans can be so open to talking about new life and birth but then we're so closed when it comes to like losing someone and, and processing the death of somebody like that is the needs to be a big societal culture change that we yeah. need to make actually next week is dying matters week in the uk mm. um and i would really recommend for people to um to, to kind of have a look at what they're up to because they are campaigning to change topics around death so that we have a more open culture around you know us talking about ourselves you know ourselves and our loved ones dying because it's meant to be that we're planning so that people all have dignified deaths and people all have the things that they want at the end of their lives and we can have these conversations around bereavement and people can have more of an understanding around the topic yeah, yeah that sounds really interesting is that a charity or something yeah it's a charity it's called Dying Matters. Yeah. But they do next, I know. <laughs> next week is like a week long. They've got webinars, they've got like petitions, they've got, you know, big chats going on. There's lots of things that you can do to get involved. So it's really good. Cool. Um, thank you so much for coming on today. Anyway, I've really, really enjoyed talking to you. And I think, you know, as we've said throughout the podcast, like meeting other people who's had a shared experience doesn't have to be exactly the same it's just such a way of like connecting and feeling like you're heard and feeling like you're understood is there any final words that you'd like to say to finish up um I would just like to say thank you for everything that you're doing because with us all in this space together we can help make some changes and it's really exciting to see where we can take it Thank you for listening to this episode of the Grief Sofa podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review to help us reach new listeners. If you have enjoyed listening and would like to join us on the Grief Sofa, please get in touch on Instagram at the Grief Sofa or email us thegriefsofa at gmail.com.